At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt and Joshua House and Aaron Sutton. We have some big news for you as the Miami Dolphins have officially named Ryan Fitzpatrick their starting quarterback for week one when they face off against the Baltimore Ravens at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday, September 8th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And the Dolphins will bring Fitzpatrick onto the field Maybe with Laramie Tunsil, maybe without Laramie Tunsil. We're going to touch on that later in the show and see what is the latest on that situation. On the other side of the ball, is there going to be a guy named Jadavian Clowney there? Again, we will touch on that as well. The Dolphins winning their final preseason game, finishing the preseason at 3-1. and one. But as we all know, the fourth preseason game is the time for those at the bottom of the roster to make their name known to put some game on tape and to continue to try to live out their dream in the NFL. Most of them will be cut uh, by Saturday at 4 p.m. when the roster deadline is at 53 players, and some of them will be done for good. Some of them will catch on with other teams and so forth. So we will monitor that. We'll have a special show for you on Monday morning, a group show, recapping the final 53. But again, even with the final 53, you know the bottom of the roster is always churning, but at least we'll have some more clarity on who's going where and who's doing what. But first, let's address the Ryan Fitzpatrick issue with him being named the starting quarterback in week one. I'm not really sure if it's an issue per se, but we know, looking at the reaction that we've been we've been all talking here before we started recording for about the past hour, just waiting for that quarterback news to drop and waiting for some other news to drop. And, you know, House and Sutton, 
I said, you know, and this is not the popular opinion. Um, I don't, I don't see a huge issue with this. I really don't. When Brian Flores says that, you know, you have to look at the entire picture, both on the field and off the field. Again, we only see what's happening for three hours a weekend. In this case, we've only really been seeing, um, you know, what, what's been happening for a few series in a preseason game. So it's not even like we have any idea what he's like in meeting rooms. We don't know what it's like on the practice field. We don't know what it's like interacting with his teammates, breaking down film and so forth. And it's just, I think it's a spot where, you know, I don't think it's as black and white as some people are trying to make it out to be. He admitted that he's never really identified a front before or identified a Mike linebacker. When you go against the Ravens, who have one of the best defenses in the NFL, I mean, how do you expect a guy like that to succeed? Ryan Fitzpatrick has seen pretty much everything that has come his way uh, throughout the NFL in his uh, years in the league. And, you know, I think he's going to have a much better grasp of what the defense is showing and what the offense is showing. So while, yes, you may say, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to beat the Ravens, he might not, but at least I agree with Brian Flores that Fitzpatrick puts the Dolphins in the best position to succeed and win. Doesn't mean he'll be successful, but I do believe that he does put them in the best position to succeed, especially with this offensive line. I mean, you have to be able to identify that mic, identify that front, recognize the blitzes that they may be bringing, adjust out of that coverage, and so much more. Um, and, and then their first part of the schedule is absolutely brutal. So I don't have an issue with that. And when you take your emotions out of it for me, I don't have an issue. How's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it throughout, you know, several weeks of podcasts since this trade all went through. And we kind of thought, you know what, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran, been around the league for 14, 15 years. You know, he's going to end up being the starter. The team flocked to him. But the biggest thing we kept saying was if this was a true competition, let the best man win. And I think that's where a lot of people... Uh, are a little upset about this because anyone that watched preseason, you know, I can't sit here and tell you what happened in training camp. I can't sit here and tell you what happened each and every day in practice. But at the end of the day, when the games matter most, there's no way Ryan Fitzpatrick outperformed Josh Rosen. There might not even be any way that Ryan Fitzpatrick outperformed Jake Roddick. He looked better today. And yes, it was going against third stringers, guys that might not even make the roster. But every opportunity he got, he looked better than Ryan Fitzpatrick did this preseason. I understand what you're saying. I think this Dolphins schedule is brutal. I touched on a little bit, you know, back when the trade was made. I said it makes total sense. Start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let him go out there. Get cremated in those first four games. You have your bye. You're heading into Washington. You know, maybe they bring in Haskins. Maybe it's Rosen versus Haskins. It makes sense from that perspective because you can still get 12 games on Josh Rosen. But what bothers me most is that from day one, Brian Flores preached competition. You know, no roster spot safe. This guy has to battle for this spot. Every opportunity needs to be won, not earned or not given to you, handed to you. And that's pretty much what they did. They handed Ryan Fitzpatrick the starting job. Maybe he gives them the best chance to win this season. But he's 36 years old. He is not in their long-term plans. And to me, you know, I think they need to find out sooner or later what Josh Rosen is. I'm a little upset, but I didn't. I mean, we all saw this coming. I think we all thought Ryan Fitzpatrick would be named the starter. But again, if you're basing it off of preseason, no way in hell he should be that starting quarterback. And I think you allude to the point there, how it's is that there's four preseason games, but many more practices. So let's go ahead and take even a further step back and let's just appreciate the fact that maybe this decision is based on what's been happening the entire offseason and not just 
the preseason games, and I will admit that Josh Rosen has looked a lot better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And as someone that we just invested a second round pick in, you are very tempted to to get him out there. You know, when you kind of mix in the fact that he hasn't been accustomed to identifying certain fronts and the, the mic and stuff like that, so that when you add layers of that to this conversation, you know, it's the water's a little bit murky, then you can even throw in the perspective that, hey, maybe Josh Rosen was better, but we were going to, we brought Ryan Fitzpatrick in for a very specific reason. Josh Rosen just fell into our lap at the draft, but we were going to go with Fitz all along, and we are not going to be a very good football team going into 2020. And either A, uh, Fitzpatrick plays more of the year and increases our chances of getting the number one pick, or we have Josh Rosen come in and say he comes in the later half of the year, like House has been saying, maybe, maybe Rosen comes in later. And maybe in that scenario, he plays well and takes advantage of an NFL market that's undeniably starved for quarterbacks. So maybe we can flip him for a better position if we end up going uh, the quarterback route in 2020, which seems inevitable at this point. But anyway, if Rosen doesn't falter, you know, he does falter, I should say, then we have our answer and we're already investing in a 2020 quarterback. So with all that being said, uh, it looks like the tank is on to me. I don't know. I don't know. What, you, what do you think, Matthew? I, I don't. I, I don't agree with you guys. Um and this is good for us, right? Because we usually agree on everything. But I, but I don't. I don't think. I mean, as I just said, Josh Rosen has admitted to not identified, uh, not identifying fronts before, and not identifying the Mike linebacker before. Ravens, Patriots, Cowboys, Chargers. Those defensive coordinators would be licking their chops to confuse the hell out of Josh Rosen. And you know what? They would do a damn good job of confusing the hell out of Rosen. Fitzpatrick, he's not going to be easily fooled. Again, he has seen almost everything that he could possibly throw his way in the NFL. The decision to start Fitzpatrick is not an indication of Rosen's future. I don't think, you know, he's had a lot to learn this offseason. And when you really boil it down, Josh Rosen was basically a rookie. I mean, the Cardinals babied the hell out of him. They didn't teach him how to identify mics. They didn't teach him how to identify the fronts. And, you know, it, it did a huge disservice to him. And, and now the Dolphins are trying to correct that. And, you know, everything has always, in my opinion, been lined up for him to start after the bye in week six. And, and I think that's where the Dolphins are planning to do. Unless, of course, Fitzpatrick goes 4-0. I don't think that will happen. I think 1-3, and 2-2 two and two at best is the most likely scenario here. But again, just because Fitzpatrick puts the team in the best position to succeed doesn't mean he's going to succeed. That's my take on it. And I think we all kind of feel the same way. You know, we can all see the good and the bad in this. 
I think one thing we do have to remember, I think we talked about last week, is once you go to Josh Rosen, you there's no going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you can't sit here and say that, that didn't have, play some sort of you know role in this because you brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You told him he was going to compete for the starting job. You know throughout camp and practices, it appeared that he was the guy. You know he was QB one. He was the one going out there each and every day and just looked like the better quarterback. Josh Rosen was you know sputtering in practice, sputtering in training camp. Put it all together when the games matter most late in the year. I think that has a lot to do with it. You can't say this. You can't bring this guy in in the offseason, a 36 years old. You know, say you have a chance to be a starter, because once you go to Josh Rosen, there's absolutely no way you can turn back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. That had to play some sort of part. Right now, we're all Dolphin fans. Let's just ride Fitz Magic into this. Let's see how it works out. But I think you're right, Matt. Uh, you know, he's been around the league. I think someone once said he he played for over a quarter of the NFL teams. That might have even been Sutton yeah. that said that. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, he's he's been around the league. So if there's anyone that can go out there and you know identify these defenses, give the Dolphins the best opportunity to win, it's Fitzpatrick. But I think we all agree those first four games are brutal. Come week six, Josh Rosen's the guy. Well, and he started last year with two 400-yard games. So we'll see what happens. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for more teams than Sutton has kids. You know that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That, that is, is great stat. That's going to pop up on your Bleacher Report phone. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts before we move on here? No, I mean, just... Do you guys think Josh Rosen is the quarterback of the future? I do. Right now, based on I, right honest, now, based on yes. what we've seen in college. I, okay. don't, I don't think this is an indication on what he is and is not capable of. And I know people are starting to spin it that way already. But I don't think it has anything to do with anything. Dude has a lot to learn. I mean, literally weeks ago, he was learning how to identify the Mike linebacker. If you don't identify the proper Mike linebacker, your whole offense is off. They will blitz the hell out of you. They will, you will bust your protection, and they will burst right through the line and destroy you. I mean, murderer's row of defenses. If they were playing someone like, I don't know, who has a terrible defense? Um, I, don't, I can't even think right now. But if you were playing, you know, maybe the Cardinals week one, I, I think maybe it would be a little different if you're playing the Cardinals week one and another bad team week two. Maybe it's a little different. Maybe you let him learn and take his lumps and, and you figure out, well, we will have the defense to hold these guys. But, I mean, you open up against the Ravens, good offense. You know, you got Lamar Jackson back there. You open up, then you go with the Patriots and the Cowboys and the Chargers, and all of them have great offenses. So you know it's going to be a shootout. And, again, I keep saying it. Those defensive coordinators are licking their chops. Uh, if Josh Rosen was a starter. They're going to have to get a little more creative with Ryan Fitzpatrick back there and trying to fool him. The dude is smart. He graduated from Harvard. He's been around the entire NFL. Guy knows what he's doing. It's a good decision when you take your emotions out of it. Would I have loved to see Josh Rosen start week one? Absolutely. But that's my emotions playing. That's me saying, let's show everyone what Rosen can do. It, it just makes way too much sense to keep him off until after the bye. And you're right, House. If you put in Rosen week one, right? Um, you there's no way you go back to Fitzpatrick because if you go back to Fitzpatrick and you have a situation like you had in Tampa Bay last year and that was an absolute disaster. So you know you cannot do that because then it would definitely be the end of Josh Rosen. Well, if you so, look at it, if you look at it in this snapshot in time, I mean, I think Rosen said the right things in the press and I think he impressed me in that way. But if you look at it from an organizational standpoint, you know, we we like. What we see, we I think there's some progress there. So at the very worst, we have a very capable quarterback that's going to help elevate another young quarterback that we invest in 2020. Or he rises above all of this 
amidst all the, you know, and we'll get to the whole Tunsil thing here in a minute, but all the question marks that exist right now about how this roster is going to be constructed. If he rises above all this and plays well towards the end of the year, then there's no reason, Matthew, that you could be wrong where Josh Rosen is our franchise quarterback. Yeah, and he might not be. You know what? And if he's not, if he's not the franchise quarterback, the record's going to definitely reflect it, and you're going to get your franchise quarterback in the draft next year. Well, so. and we could, and like I said, have a very capable backup quarterback with whatever young guy we decide to go with. Exactly. And I'm sorry for the pause here, but we are receiving some DMs about Jadavian Clowney and Laramie Tunsil, and. and <laughs> It's kind of fun to do this on the air, but it's also like really anxiety ridden. Um, so we saw a report before we came on the air. We're going to jump right into this and move on right now. We saw a report before we came on the air that uh, Uncle Chaps from Barstool Sports, who we all know, uh, said that the, the trade for Clowney was a done deal. And he followed up and said he doesn't care about the news. He doesn't care about Clowney. Uh, he has not verified it at all. Brian Flores was asked in his postgame presser shortly after. I don't think it was related to the report. But uh, the tweet, but uh, he would he said that there was no place, uh, there was no trade in place with Tunsil, basically at this time, which left the door open. And then uh, Houts, I think you got the same DM I just did from this guy who's been on this with us. Um, I'm not gonna throw his name out there now because he hasn't publicly reported it yet. But he's been he's been he's been getting the same information as we have throughout this entire thing, and he's get, getting getting. Um, He's been getting some leads out there for us, for us to follow up on. But uh, he, I'm not even going to say the conversation because I don't want to throw everyone up in arms, but he's saying it's going to be Tunsil and some picks for Clowney and some picks. Um, we've always, PFN and, and I have been always saying since Friday that Tunsil was being dangled as trade bait. Actually, I said Tunsil was available. I don't want to discredit anybody. I said Tunsil was available in trade talks. And uh, Tony Poling confirmed that Tony Poling of our own PFN 365 confirmed that that next morning that uh, Tunsil was being dangled in trade talks. And, uh, oh, my God, we got destroyed for that one. We all know the story where the Miami Dolphins through the Miami Herald basically said that that report is inaccurate by the Dolphins were never named by name. Um, We know when they say a league source with direct knowledge of the situation that is basically code for the team. Uh, and then all the major media outlets picked that up and just destroyed us, bashed us. And then all of a sudden, you know, the past few days, the, the possibility of Laramie Tunsil actually being traded, oh, it's starting to become a reality now. And now here we are where it's very likely that Laramie Tunsil is going to be traded. Um, wow. I think it's stupid for the team. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I think it's dumb. Well, that's well, that's what we've been talking about all week, right, guys? Like, we've been saying, oh, my God, okay. We started PFN back in January, right, to kind of get a broader view of the NFL. Um, you know, I don't want to use the word fans, but we did it as fans to say, okay, let's see what we can build off this thing. I don't think we ever thought we'd be in this position so fast to be breaking stories before any other major media outlet has been. And, and it's all been happening so fast. And I think, you know, bringing Tony Pauling onto our staff back on August 11th, we knew he was connected. I don't think we realized he was this connected throughout the NFL. And when he, uh, you know, and, and I've been getting information too, obviously, because I've been reporting the stuff about Clowney and was on top of that and knew when he was meeting in Miami. Um, that's why I put out that tweet that night. Uh, the Dolphins are making a strong and caps push for Jadavian Clowney. And um, 
man, this is wild. It's been a wild week, and I know we talk every day. Like, this is so conflicting, right? Because on one hand, you know, our news is that our credibility is on a line that we're saying Tunsil's involved in trade talks. On the other hand, we're diehard Miami Dolphins fans, and, and I think regardless of the concerns the Dolphins have about Tunsil, which will be released in our report once Tunsil is actually traded, um, I think that can be worked through, and, and you have an elite left tackle who probably would have gone one or two or three overall if it wasn't for that bong video that came out before the draft, and now the Dolphins are looking to trade him. Crazy. Yes. And yes. it's just so conflicting. You know, and I saw someone else put out a tweet earlier tonight. It's like you and uh, Matt Infante, who's another one of our owners, just want this Tunsil trade to go through so you guys can say you were right. And that is absolutely false. Um, honestly, I think we've already been proven right by the fact that Tunsil's been so deeply involved with trade talks in terms of his name being thrown around by major reporters and, and basically them verifying our report on this. I think we've already won um, in terms of credibility. So getting that you know credibility stock up there and then having Tunsil remain with the Dolphins would be actually a bonus for us. And we've said it. We, we don't want him to get traded. It would be dumb, I think, for them to trade him. I don't see any – I don't see why. The only reason why I see why is that uh, Brian Flores wants to build one of the most dominant defenses in NFL history. I, w- I would like Houts to go first because I want to do my best – possible case i've worked on this for a little bit before we got on the podcast and want to give my best faith effort um to present a case of why we should trade laramie tonsil so i want how to go first if he has any uh any analysis i mean i I don't know that i have any analysis i just am a little bit torn on this because like kanada said i mean pfn reported it by all accounts, I mean, what you reported is 100% factual. Obviously, they were talking Larry Tunsil trade. Obviously, it involved the JV and Clowney. We don't know what this compensation will be. We don't know if Uncle Chaps is, you know, if, if his report is anything more than him just being Uncle Chaps. We don't know if the report we received in our uh, DMs is anything more than just, you know, smoke and mirrors. But at the end of the day, what we do know is Larry Tunsil is a 25-year-old elite talent under contract for two more seasons on an offensive line that many believe is the worst in the NFL. You know, it's, it's kind of... It's hard to sit here and say, you know, it's a good trade for either side because you're getting an elite defensive player. You're giving up an elite offensive lineman. So for me, it's it's just it's tough to sit here and say this is a good deal, depending on, you know, it all comes down to the compensation involved. You know, if it's Davian Clowney and a, a second or a third round pick, maybe even a first round pick for for Tunsil, do that all day because then you can sit there. You have your pick of the litter of the quarterbacks. You have all this draft compensation. You can pretty much go and do whatever you want. You can sign whoever you want next offseason. Things will look okay, but I mean, I do think Laramie Tunsil is a top five left tackle. I think to trade him away for a guy that, you know, might, by many accounts, doesn't even want to be in Miami, I think that's all bullcrap because if anyone sat here and said, hey guys, do you want to play for the Dolphins or do you want to go to Seattle or Philly? We love the Miami Dolphins. We're going to Seattle or Philly to win a freaking Super Bowl. So I don't think that that has any real say. You keep seeing, oh, he's hesitant to go to Miami. I don't think that's the issue. I do eventually think Jadavian Clown will be a Miami Dolphin. I just really, really hope that Laramie Tunsil and Jadavian Clowney are on the same football team once week one starts. Let me throw this back to you guys. If if our reports are true that uh, we were talking about, you know, Laramie Tunsil possibly being traded, so this has been in the works for a little bit, who would you rather fall on the sword as a quarterback 
for the Miami Dolphins? Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick fall on the sword or Josh Rosen? Take the 36-year-old and fall on the sword. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, I mean, I'm seeing tweets again directed at me um, saying that, you know, throw Josh Rosen in there. Well, that's not always the best case. You know, you can ruin a player's confidence and career that way. And we've seen it with plenty of rookie quarterbacks. And yes, Josh Rosen is not a rookie, but it almost ruined his career. And maybe it has from Arizona. We'll have to find out this year. But again, I, I, I take your emotions out of it. I'm good with it. Yeah. Am I okay. thrilled? No, but I'm good. Right. And it's been a conflicting week just because of how emotionally different you process the different pieces of information that we have coming in. And I want to do my best devil's advocate stance here and why the Dolphins would trade Laramie Tunsil. So let's think of a ideally what's this offense going to look like and what we've seen historically is a short passing game and when i kind of looked at how new england has structured their rosters since bill belichick's been on board you i mean you see some timely quality investments and tackle so they had matt white early in tom brady's career so he uh, had a really, really solid career for the Patriots. They had guys like, you know, Sebastian Ballmer, who played a few years for, for them, I think six or seven, if uh, memory serves. Um, they had, you know, Nate Solder. They drafted him, I think, in 2011 or 2012, and he played well for them for all intents and purposes and then let him walk and get paid and, of course, recoup the, the comp pick probably for that year uh you know they they just drafted a guy isaiah win who tours achilles so not even taking an nfl snap yet so you do see a few and draft investments sprinkled in there but you hardly see anything in free agency and the guys that they do draft it's not typical for them to re-sign them so what I end up thinking to myself is, okay, so the Patriots have this short passing attack. Maybe tackle is devalued in this scheme because by virtue of the fact that you're getting the ball out quickly. So maybe you have this young defensive coach coming in, and we predicted, and it wasn't that hard to be honest with you, going into the NFL draft that, hey, we're going to take a defensive player in the first round because we just brought a defensive guy in there. And typically what you see is rookie head coaches that play on a certain or were brought in from a certain side of the ball, get that side of the ball invested in in the draft. So you see the defensive draft investment with Christian Wilkins. And now you're seeing an even more aggressive approach of trying to get this defense to where Brian Flores wants it to be. So, it seems to me, and Matthew, I don't know if you can speak to some of the compensation that we might receive and said Laramie Tunsil trade, but we're looking at Jadavian Clowney hoping to solidify this this front three, I will call it, because he can play a five-tech and a seven-tech. So I think he fits very well with what we're going to do, but we might be looking at 
other positions on defense to help even bolster it further. So it remains to be seen if all this plays out. But when you just kind of look at the vision that the Dolphins are possibly operating under, you're looking at getting this defense solidified maybe in year two so that way this offense can grow under a young quarterback and maybe by year three growing with another young defense, again, uh, complementing each other and uh, hopefully getting this sustained long-term success we've been aiming for. Yeah, so we've been told uh, through Tony Pauline that the Dolphins love Bernardrick McKinney of the Texans, and the Dolphins have been trying to get Bernardrick McKinney as part of this package. And we've been told that if the Texans were to include McKinney in this package with Clowney for Tunsil, it would be a done deal already. And, and, and we heard things, all of us heard things over the weekend, and we thought it was going down on Sunday. That's what we heard. Um, and we all put up our eye emojis on Twitter, and, and we thought it was going down. And then as Pauline reported today on Pro Football Network, he said that it was a done deal as of this weekend, and then the pause button was hit for whatever reason. Could have been because Clowney um, fired his agent. Could have been other situations, other things. So, you know, we don't know exactly the compensation. We don't know whether it's going to be Clowney and some picks or the Dolphins are going to give up Tunsil and some picks. Um, But I can tell you they're very interested in Bernardrick McKinney. Don't know if they're going to end up with him. But if the Texans put him in, it is going to be basically a done deal on the spot. Now, the other way around... um, you know, if, if, they, if the Texans are not going to include McKinney, then it has to get a little more creative, which could be the holdup in time here. Um, but yeah, yeah, if the, the Dolphins want McKinney, they want him bad. Pauline says they've been really trying to get him. And again, if, if they were to say McKinney's in the package, this deal would get done in a heartbeat. So if that happens, is Kiko the odd man out? Raekwon, what's, what goes on there? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know about we don't know about Kiko and we don't know about Raekwon, but you know, Bernardrick is a run first uh run stuffing linebacker. He's not the he's not that kind of coverage linebacker that's always going to be out there. He's that guy who's going to stuff the run, which what the Dolphins had in mind for Raekwon McMillan. So one could assume that you can bring in Bernardrick and move uh Raekwon behind and then either cut or trade Kiko, which makes a lot more sense than trading Raekwon at this point of their careers because Kiko won't be around after this season if he does, even if he does stay around. But Kiko has not talked to reporters in the locker room either this week. So uh, that means that he is involved in trade talks. Um, Kenny Stills as well. The Dolphins have been trying to shop him over the past several weeks, even before the saga with Stephen Ross and Jay-Z uh, starting to come down. So that's been going on for quite some time. Obviously, that whole situation put kind of a wrench in things in terms of timing and logistics and the PR standpoint, but that is all a fluid situation. And, and I was told the other day that the chances of Kenny stills playing for the dolphins this season are less than 50%. And if they can't trade him, they may just end up flat out cutting him um, again, you know, looking long-term is Kenny stills going to be on this team after this year? No. So would you rather keep a guy like Isaiah Ford or a guy like Kenny stills? The answer for me is easy. Isaiah Ford. Or another young guy who maybe you know the Dolphins like, who've been working their way up the wide receiver depth charts, Preston Williams, perhaps. It's just a 
you're not playing for this year. You're going to win three, four, five games this year, and that's going to be it. And you're reloading for 2020, 2021, and you're making your, your big run in 22, 2022, unless that franchise quarterback you get bursts onto the scene in 2020 and then really takes that second big step in 2021. So uh, everyone's available. As we reported last weekend, everyone is available. The only person that's probably not available is Xavier Howard because he just signed that monster contract. Um, but everyone else, and as we see with Laramie Tunsil, is available. And that's what we've been reporting, and we haven't backed down from it once, and we're not going to back down at all. And But it sucks, because you're a Dolphins fan, we're a Dolphins fan, and we just don't want that. And I know I'm rambling right now, but this is all like happening in real time right now, and we're recording this podcast at midnight, and it's absolutely insane. I think I think that's the biggest thing, though. I mean, can anyone sit here and argue that Laramie Tunsil isn't the most valuable player on offense? I mean, that would be hard for anybody to say. Left tackle, we know, is the premier position on the offensive line. I don't care if you're going after Tua next year. Obviously, he's a left-handed quarterback. Maybe you put more value on the right side of the offensive line. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to build an offense, when you're trying to build an offensive line, the most important position is that left tackle. You have guys 25. You said they might not compete in three years. He'd still only be 28 years old. It's bittersweet, and that's the best way to put it, because Davian Clowney is an elite defensive end. He, I mean, to sit here and think that Brian Flores, if he's going after him this in, intensely – doesn't have a plan in place, doesn't have a way to use him as a chess piece all throughout that defense with the guys they already have in place, like Christian Wilkins, Charles Harris is starting to emerge. You know, Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor, you got those linebackers, you got Xavier Howard, you got the safeties. I mean, the defense is going to be scary good, and maybe they envision this as a team that can go out there, run the football, play defense, not turn the ball over, and win football games. To me, though, you can't do that without an offensive line. To me, and one thing we need to touch on is a couple weeks ago, you know, what is it? Jenna Lane from ESPN reported that the Dolphins had interest in Trent Williams, 31-year-old Pro Bowl left tackle. I mean, is there any way that you know they trade away uh, they trade away Tunsil, a 25-year-old elite left tackle? They go out there and then make a trade with Washington, fill that void left behind there, get you Davian Clowney. To me, that would make more sense. You know, you fill that hole that you just you just left behind by trading away Tunsil. You now have an elite defensive end. You now have a Pro Bowl left tackle. I mean, again, he's aging five years between the two players, but. I think I'd feel a lot more receptive of this trade if something like that were to happen. But again, I mean, it's Laramie Tunsil. If anyone would sit here and said a couple weeks ago, he's the next guy in line. No, he's going to be the next Xavier Howard. He's going to get that big payday. It's it's his. He is a cornerstone of this offense. And now a couple days later, you know, or a couple weeks later, Kanata's reporting Laramie Tunsil's being dangled. A few days later, here we are. Well, and it's yep. it's one. He was one of those examples where we actually had good luck which we don't have very much of like, Oh, Hey, he had the gas mask bong and he fell into our lap and he's been a great left tackle for us. And now, now it's bittersweet because we're talking about trading them. So it's up is down in Miami dolphins land. But, um, all I can say is, I, I, I don't know if I have anything to say. <laughs> It's a wild, it's a wild situation and it's going to take time for everyone to process it because the emotions are just raw, right? It's almost like when Brian Flores was hired and the emotions were raw and then it took time for people to warm up to him um, or when he was named the front runner and, and the candidate for the job, the emotions were raw and everyone was just going off and, and maybe we see some clarity. I mean, I can't see it. I don't see how Clowney fits into this year. I don't think he does at all. They're obviously playing for the long term. 
But again, I mean, the information that we're sitting on, I know people hate this, but I keep saying the information we're sitting on explains to an extent why they'd be willing to move on from Larry Tonsonic because it doesn't align with the way Brian Flores wants to build his team. And you're well, not going to give a huge contract to a guy who's already in doing these things anyways. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned the risk of signing Jadavian Clowney that he may not want to stay past his franchise tender. And it's only going to be a one-year thing. Which is why I don't understand if the Dolphins give up multiple picks, like high-round picks, to get Clowney. Like, okay, if they give up a middle-round or a late-round pick plus Clowney for Tunsil and a high pick, I can get it because you're essentially waiting for that high pick and and getting that in place. Um, I do a a first – I do a one in Tunsil for Clowney in like a three or four. I would totally be on board with that because then you got – two first round picks next year. And then you got a whole bunch of seconds and so forth. And you're in a really good spot to move around if you need to. And then if Josh Rosen proves that he can handle this team, you are all set. You are good. And then you build up this dominant defense and you just get going and you just start killing it. Anyways, I I don't even know if we covered everything. I think we covered everything. I think we're good. We're going to have to let this play out and see how it goes. <laughs> I know we talked nothing about the final preseason game, but honestly, okay. I, don't think it, I don't think it deserves much attention anyways. Um, not to say that it's not important, but it, it, because it's very important for the guys fighting for their careers and their livelihoods. But in terms of the overall schematics of the Dolphins this season, it doesn't make a huge difference. Be- before we go, before Tunsil yeah. trade... If say Tunsil gets traded and Clowney comes to Miami, or that the trade doesn't even happen, what what do you guys see right now? Gun to your head, Dolphins 2019 record. Uh, I know there's a lot more factors, a lot more dominoes need to fall into place. But I'm gonna I mean, say four. I'm gonna say four and twelve. I was gonna say we're all in that four to six category. I'd imagine. I I've, yeah. I said six earlier, like a couple months ago. So I'm just gonna stick to that. But yeah, I mean that, even six right now. If you trade away Tunsil, that's that's pretty. You're you're being very optimistic. Okay, yeah. so Matt, Matthew said four. You said six. I guess I'll say five. Might as well. Now they'll, they'll win, now they'll win ten and make the playoffs as a wild card. <laughs> we'll be like Laramie Who. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to wrap this show up. We'll be back with you on uh, Sunday. No, we got – yeah, we'll be back with you on Sunday morning. Maybe an emergency pod this weekend if Tunsil does get moved uh, before our Sunday – Monday morning pod drops. But we will – Play that by ear. We will keep you updated on Twitter. That's going to do it for us here on Finsider Radio. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua House. I am Matt Canada. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.
Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.